Hey everyone, welcome to the Dan and Joe Sports Show. As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe. And Joe, we got a really exciting last week of the NFL regular season with a lot of NFL uh, playoff spots on the line, more than I feel like we're used to seeing. And Joe, let's start with what is really kind of a crazy last uh, a last effort to get the final three spots in the AFC playoffs between five teams. The Joe are all sitting at nine and five right now, and it's hard to believe that there's going to be two teams that finish ten and six that aren't going to make the playoffs. Yeah, it's really surprising. Um, the last time I could think about this happening, I remember the Buccaneers had a ten and six season in like 2010, and they missed the playoffs with Josh Freeman as their quarterback. And then most notably, the year that Tom Brady was out for the whole season with his injury, and Matt Castle started. The Patriots went 11 and five in 2008 and missed the playoffs. So those are really the only recent examples. I can think of a team getting double digit wins and really missing the playoffs. It usually is almost a given that if you get that many wins, you're going to get in. I mean, we've seen teams with like a nine and seven, eight and eight record get a wild card or win a division. In this case, you know, this year in the NFC side, we're going to see a team with a losing record probably win a division. And so really unfortunate for these teams kind of clustered up. But, you know, if you're not a fan of these teams, which we're not, it does set up for, you know, an exciting uh, final weekend. Well, Joe, it's funny that you're talking about that. Like, you've seen teams with 10 and 6 records pretty much always make the playoffs. You remember 2006, the coming out party for Breeze and Sean Payton and Reggie Bush and everyone. The Saints went 10 and 6 and actually were the second seed in the NFC Mm -hmm. that year. And now you're going to see teams that have the same record not even make the playoffs. And, Joe, the most compelling out of all of these are the Cleveland Browns. I was talking on the show a couple weeks ago about how impressed I was with what I've seen from Cleveland lately in a loss to the Ravens and just how tough they've been playing. Well, Joe, last week they did the most Cleveland thing they possibly could do. And when they had a chance to get to 11-4 and uh, and then earn a playoff spot and clinch it, they lost to the worst team in the NFL, the suddenly resurgent New York Jets. And now the Browns have to go to Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers in order to make the playoffs. And you got to think that seasoned Browns fans right now have little to no hope of that actually happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you got to be concerned. I know that Big Ben is not going to play, but there's still just something about that Steelers, you know, jersey that. It's got to make the Browns nervous, you know, having to go through them to get to the playoffs. What I'm rooting for, though, I'm hoping the Browns can get in as the seventh seed and set up just a great first-round playoff uh, game against Buffalo. That would be kind of the something's got to get. You know, you talk about Indians, uh, Cubs in the World Series a few years <laughs> ago. That would be like the NFL version of that. Browns, Bills, somebody would finally get a playoff win in that scenario. So I would like to see that. But kind of the team that I had forgotten about, like I've been focusing on the Browns. I've been thinking about the Dolphins and their bounce back here this year. But the team I had forgotten about was the Ravens. Um, you know, a few weeks ago they were kind of struggling, but then the Ravens have really just started winning games. And suddenly, you know, they're reminding us why they were the number one seed last year. And I think they're a very dangerous team if they make the playoffs. Uh, Joe, that would be a terrifying team for the Bills who haven't won a playoff game since the 90s, I think, right? I think 1999 is the last time they won won a playoff game. And we're talking that 
I think in 1999, uh, wasn't Jim Kelly still their quarterback back then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so right. We're talking like since the Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas days, the last time they won a playoff game. And if the Ravens get in as the seventh seed, that is a scary matchup. Right now, Lamar Jackson is starting to look more like he did last year. You're starting to see Ingram and Dobbins start to figure out uh, their their carry load right now. Hollywood Brown's looking good. Mark Andrews, absolute stud at the tight end position. That is a terrifying matchup for a two seed right there. And so I think that if you're the Bills, you're probably hoping that the Browns win and get in because I would probably pick the Ravens to win that game just because I know the Ravens have been there. I trust the organization more, and I think that that's going to be a very scared and probably tight Bills team in that game. I would probably, I'll probably pick the Ravens if they get in over whoever they play in the first round. Yeah. Even if it's the Steelers, I think I like the Ravens. Even if, if it's the Colts, I think I like the Ravens in that scenario. Maybe not against the Titans if they win the division, but everybody else, that's really dangerous playing Baltimore. And Joe, speaking of the Titans, how crazy would that be if the Titans didn't get in the playoffs? They're a team right now that's in this five-game mix of the Ravens, the Browns, uh, the Colts, the Dolphins and then the Titans that, that are uh, playing for these last three spots right here. And the way you saw Tennessee at the end of last season go in and beat up on Baltimore, have, uh, you know, beat the Patriots, and then, of course, have the Chiefs on the ropes for about three quarters, you never would have thought there would be a possibility they'd miss the playoffs this year. And then to begin the season, the Titans were one of the best teams in the NFL for the first eight weeks of the season. And now they're right there on the cutting edge, too. And they got absolutely blitzed by the Packers the other night in a blizzard in Green Bay. And suddenly they're playing for the playoff loss. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough for them. Um, I think the, the hardest team as far as their path to make the playoffs is, is the Colts. I think they need to win, and then they need some help. I think everybody else, if they win, they're in the playoffs of the teams we've talked about. Joe, the last one of these uh, these teams vying for these spots I want to talk about real quick is the Dolphins. What do you think the Dolphins do at the quarterback position? Uh, I feel like the, their coach has been playing a very weird game between uh, Tua and uh, Fitzmagic lately. And then yet again in the third quarter, he yanks Tua, puts Fitzmagic in, and Fitzmagic really makes the magic in the end of this game with – one of the best throws I've ever seen with getting his head pretty much taken off on a face mask that ultimately gets them to win that that crazy game against the Raiders that knocked the Raiders out of the playoffs. Um, I talk about that last sequence, and then what do you think that they're going to do about starting to or uh, Ron Fitzpatrick in this game? Yeah, that was just an insane game uh, with Miami and Las Vegas on Saturday night. You know, we kind of – seen a couple of dud matchups in the triple header that day. And then that finale was just unbelievable with um, the Dolphins basically stealing that game um, on the road in the desert. But I think that long-term with the quarterback position, you feel like it's going to be Tua based on where they drafted him, but it's still kind of odd how they're going back and forth. Um, that, that, that's kind of odd. Um, if I had to just kind of pick, I talked to a Patriots fan the other day that thinks that, he could see uh, Fitzpatrick actually with New England next year. Hmm. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Well, that would be a very uh, Bill Belichick thing to do, to go get Fitzpatrick when it's not worth a lot of money. He's old. 
He's not going to have to pay him a whole lot and still has a lot of talent right there. And right now, Cam is struggling so much, you just can't see any way that Cam Newton's the starting quarterback for the Patriots next season. And so, based on the way that Belichick has been, you would probably see him more likely get a Fitzmagic-type person than go and draft a quarterback and pay a lot of money for him. Right, right. I'm not sure how long uh, or how much longer Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick is signed with Miami, but this has been a really good team about getting uh, loading up on trade assets and draft picks. And so, you know, if they could shop around Fitzpatrick for, you know, second, third, fourth round pick, they're certainly going to do that too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so the Dolphins, could they're going to make the playoffs for probably the first time in a while as long as they can win. And, Joe, let's switch over to the NFC real quick and let's talk about our boys, the Saints. Uh, they've got to win their last game this weekend. Then they have to have a couple things happen for them to actually uh, get home field advantage and not have to play in the first week and play against the seventh, uh, seventh, the seventh seeded team. And Joe, why don't you tell our listeners what has to happen for the saints to get that number one overall seed in the NFC? So it's a pretty crazy scenario. It's actually uh, reminiscent of what happened last year when uh, the saints were the odd man out, when there was a three-way tie record wise um, in the NFC with the um, 49ers, Packers and saints, all 13 and three. And based on how they do the tiebreaker, the um, 49ers got the one seed, the Packers were two, and the Saints were the three seed and had to play on wild card weekend. This year, though, if there's a three-way tie, and so in order for that to happen, um, the Packers would need to lose to the Bears, which could happen since the Bears are trying to get in the playoffs. The Saints need to beat Carolina, and we would have to have the Seahawks win their finale on Sunday as well. So if that were to happen, all three teams would have identical 12-4 and four records. And you may be thinking, well, didn't the Packers beat the Saints in the regular season? They did. However, the way the NFL does the tiebreaker in a three-team scenario with three teams having the same record is the they look at the record against um, teams in your conference. So against NFC teams, what was your record? and you play 12 NFC games per year, and the Saints with a win against Carolina would be 10-2 and two against NFC teams, and that would be a better record than both Green Bay and the Seahawks, and so the Saints would win the tiebreak. Wow. Well, we got to really hope that happens because I think the Saints have to get the one seed in order to have a chance to play the, to win the Super Bowl because – them traveling to Lambeau Field in the cold, frigid snow, I just don't see them winning that game. Well, the only hope they have if they don't get the one seed is if they get the two, you know, if they, if they could defeat the seven seed in the first round, which, you know, that's a, the big assumption. You know, last year they lost to the Vikings. Lost the Vikings, yeah. But if, they, but if they can beat the seven seed, the hope would be that um, from a Saints fan, Saints fan perspective, that Tampa Bay would win their first game against um, the winner of the NFC East, and then Tampa Bay could go on the road to Lambeau and and knock the Packers off. And then if the Saints win the divisional round game against Seattle, the Saints would host Tampa Bay for the NFC Championship game. So I think that's the scenario that Saints fans want. And quite frankly, I think that would be just a great scenario because we would get to see the Tom Brady-Drew Brees playoff matchup that we've been wanting. Yeah, I think that would be great, Joe. And 
you know, in terms of matchups for the Saints, they've beaten the Bucs twice this season pretty handily on both occasions. If the Saints could take on the Bucs in the playoffs, I really like their chances to get that third win, uh, much more so than I like them taking a road trip to Lambeau Field to play on the frozen gridiron up there. Um, but the best chance they have is to go ahead and this weekend win their game against the Panthers, have the Bears with a surprising turnaround with Mitch Trubisky suddenly playing some good football with people talking about the Bears actually picking up the fifth-year option on Trubisky's contract and get the Bears in the playoffs with a big win over the Packers and then have the Seahawks win so the Saints can stay at home in the Dome throughout the playoffs. Yep, that's, that's what you need to have and Joe, in terms of uh, the NFC least, what do we have going on as to who's going to win this absolute dumpster fire of a division? Well, I need to look at the standings to refresh my memory on that because obviously the Eagles are eliminated from that. They got eliminated last weekend, so that really makes the Saints lost the Eagles look even worse at this point. Yeah. So you have three teams that have a chance at that position. You have the Washington football team, the Cowboys, and the Giants. And I wanted to refresh my memory real quick about who is playing each other this weekend because I know two of those teams are playing each other. So at the noon central time kickoff, you have the Cowboys and Giants playing each other. The Cowboys are 6-9, and nine, and the Giants are 5-10. and 10. So both of those teams have to win that game. The winner of that would still be alive for the division title. But then you get to the interesting time later that day when that night at 7.20 Central Time, Sunday night football is going to be Washington against Philadelphia. If Washington wins that game, they'll go to 7-9 and nine and they'll win the division. If Washington loses to Philadelphia, Dan, then the winner of the Giants-Cowboys game will win the NFC least. <laughs> You could have a 6-10 and 10 team win a division. That is highly depressing. Um, I guess Washington has been the most consistent team out of them this year, but I kind of want to see one of the other teams win it because I don't want a team that can't even name themselves go into the playoffs. I just don't think that's right. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, and I, I think the Buccaneers, you know, if they get the five seed, will absolutely steamroll whoever they play out of those three teams. Oh, oh definitely. Um the last thing I wanted to talk about is one of the last spots available in the playoffs is going to be decided in a game between the Cardinals and the Rams. And, Joe, this might be a game where neither one of the starting quarterbacks actually plays and you have two backups playing for a spot in the playoffs, which should be interesting theater. may not be the best football to watch. Uh, of course, uh, Jared Goff injured his thumb last weekend and will not be playing and Kyler Murray also injured himself for the Cardinals last weekend, and he's questionable right now. Yeah, I think that I would give the edge to the Cardinals winning the game because I just feel like without Goff, it's going to be really tough on the Rams. Um, I do know the Rams have a great defense with um, with Donald and company, but you know if, if Murray goes out there and tries to gut it out, which I've read that he's going to try to play, but who knows how effective he's going to be. Um, so. It's kind of one of those pick'em games which is really kind of difficult to make um, a really good assessment on what's going to happen. But the the Cardinals have to win to have a chance at the playoffs. And, and I think they still need a win and then a Bears loss to get the seventh seed 
whereas the Rams, I think they might still be able to lose and potentially still get in if everything happened according. Okay. Well, Joe, that would be really disappointing for the Rams to not make the playoffs with one of the best defenses in the NFL right now, with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and really just a loaded defensive team, but a team that struggled so much at the quarterback position. Um, you know, I want to ask you, Joe, has there been any coach that has taken such a severe hit to their reputation and uh, and basically their stock than, uh, than McVay in the last couple of years? I mean, two years ago when he was in the Super Bowl, Suddenly, it was the biggest deal in the world to be a Sean McVay disciple. Sean McVay was the greatest coach in, in, in the NFL. He's going to win five Super Bowls and be the next Bill Belichick. And suddenly, we're looking at possibly two seasons in a row where his team does not even make the playoffs after they had just that ugly performance in the Super Bowl against the Patriots when they lost. Yeah, I mean, it, I would be hard-pressed to find another example of a guy that, you know, has had the trajectory of such a positive outlook for his career and then just kind of fallen so quickly. You could say something to be said about kind of the Super Bowl jinx of the runner-up struggling the next year. Like, that does tend to happen a lot in the NFL. I mean, you get up for that championship run, you lose it the way they did 13-3, to and it is hard to come back from that, I believe. But, yeah, you're right. Two or three years ago, I remember Chris Collinsworth of NBC, he was joking that it had almost reached the point comically where if you had had a cup of coffee or a drink with uh, Sean McVay, you know, you were suddenly going to be an NFL coaching candidate or a college coaching candidate. He had that type of stock, just the, you know, the magic touch. If you were surrounded by him or, you know, if he graced you with his presence, you were fortunate. That's the level it had reached, and we're far from it now. I really think that when I watch the Rams, um, we've seen a lot of regression from Jared Goff. But one thing I think they need to address this offseason, whether they make the playoffs or not, they've got to go out and bring in a big physical wide receiver who can help them in the red zone or a tight end. I think that's kind of where they're missing um, um, their offense in the red zone. They have, uh, you know, Cooper Cup is good. They have some pretty good playmakers, but they really need that big physical wide receiver. Yeah, Joe, that would be – that would be a good pickup for him. There's a lot available in this year's draft. Maybe Seth Williams can make a home with the Rams or someone in that kind of framework. Um, Joe, you were talking about when could you think of someone that had an upward trajectory like that, that that fell flat on his face so quick. I would say that the only one I can think of is Gus Malzahn. Think about it. The first year he comes into Auburn, he loses that close national championship to Florida State where he blew a big lead. He beat Alabama in the kick six, had the prayer of Jordan Hare. I remember hearing Colin Coward say that Nick Saban was done because Gus Malzahn was going to run the SEC after what he saw him do in the first year. Of course, that was completely inaccurate, and I'm sure Colin Coward's eating his words on that right now. But – that's the last time I can think of somebody that flew so high to begin with, only to crash and burn so quickly. Yeah, it's difficult to think of anyone else that, that fits that category. It's kind of a rare, um, rare example. But I uh, want to thank all of our listeners that haven't crashed and burned or tuned us out. I want to thank, uh, thank uh, you know, us for having what made this year a little bit better by having our show and, one of the things that didn't suck about 2020 is getting to do this every week. So enjoy that and hope everyone has a happy new year and check out all of our old shows. Maybe that'll make you a little bit happier on Spotify. Just look up the Dan and Joe Sports Show.
Happy New Year to everyone, and hope we have a nice college football playoff. As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Jeff.